Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio, your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary, with a fantastic team, right, to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. It is a reaction Monday after a wild, wild card weekend in the NFL, plus some fight news to pass by you on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day in the States. Uh, so today's ticket going to be a bit scrambled because a lot of games are going to be happening as you are listening to this today. Uh, but we will still get to today's ticket presented by Betstamp, the Travago of sports gambling. Download the Betstamp app, use the referral code COUCH, and you can see all that this app has to offer. You can see the value of line shopping and, have, and the value of having multiple different sports books. Download the Betstamp app, use the referral code COUCH. All right. Let's get into it today. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about. But might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need a top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! All right, let's start in the NFL, because uh, Wild Card Weekend, living up to its name, I know that's very cliche to say, still one game left to go tonight, Dallas taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's just go in chronological order, San Francisco with a 41-23 win over the Seattle Seahawks. San Francisco gets the job done, and it does feel like Kyle Shanahan has the quarterback that he really wants to unlock his system. It really feels like he has... What he wanted when they gave up all of those assets to acquire Trey Lance. And I I don't know what this means for a San Francisco offseason um, featuring uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, who I, I think definitely will not be back at this point. That there's no way Jimmy Garoppolo is still a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. I would imagine Trey Lance stays around, but we're getting into an offseason um, conversation about a team that is still very much alive. San Francisco, there's just so many weapons on this offense to, to have to defend. The one thing that was maybe uh, a touch concerning is how easy um Sam, or, uh, sorry how easy Seattle was able to to move the ball downfield 253 yards passing for Geno Smith 136 to those and two touchdowns both passing touchdowns for Geno Smith went to DK Metcalf the 49ers are going to play the winner of tonight's game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and so with that you're going to have to be able to defend passes over the top right like you're going to have to be able to figure out whether it's Brady going to Evans or whether it is Dak Prescott to any one of his options going over the top. Um, that's going to be a major concern, I think, for San Francisco. I still think they have an offense that is going to be good enough to be able to keep up with any offense that plays against them. They might have the, well, I think they certainly have the most talented offense in the NFC right now. I think that they are in a very interesting spot, though, um, with this defense. So I think a lot of questions. But look, for, for Seattle... This is, I mean, th this was probably as far as they were going to get. You know, like, they could have played a perfect game on Sunday, and this was kind of their upper bound limit. It was an amazing story, but now you go into an offseason where just being the fun, plucky underdog isn't enough. Are you just content with being a wildcard team every year and then getting your brains bashed in on the Saturday afternoon game? Or do you want to progress from that? They have a good draft pick coming from the Denver Broncos with... Uh, Russell Wilson, do you sit on that and just take a, a high-level player? Do you trade that for a number of different picks, as there are going to be a lot of teams, I think, very hungry to move up in this draft? Seattle is in an interesting spot. 
they certainly, I think, are in a better position than a lot of people thought they were going to be. Well, than most people thought they were going to be coming into this season. But now, how do you build on this is the question. They have a front office that's been able to do this for a long time with a lot of underestimated players. I think this offseason is going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be a real fun one for Seattle. We get to what was the wildest game of the weekend as the LA Chargers blow a 27-point lead, losing to the Jaguars 31-30. to First, let's start with the Jacksonville Jaguars real quick, because I, as crazy as this is, they're not the story. Um, this is Trevor Lawrence fully cementing himself in, uh, maybe not fully cementing himself in the upper echelon, because you have Patrick Mahomes there, but in at least the second tier of quarterbacks in the NFL now, as he, and you can start to see now the guy who we thought he was going to be. And you see the value of coaching, because look, I don't even think Doug Peterson's that great of a coach, but he's a hell of a lot better than Urban Meyer, and he has unlocked something with Trevor Lawrence. You saw the flaws in his game, and those are going to be there still for a kid who's like 23 years old. There, There is still going to be development time for Trevor Lawrence, but uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal win. Now they get set to take on the Kansas City Chiefs next week. I would imagine uh, they open as double-digit underdogs going into that matchup. On the Charger side, I tend to not go along with, oh, well, it's just the, it's the Chargers. This is what they do. Because it's been since Marty Schottenheimer, right? Like since Drew Brees and Philip Rivers and LaDainian Tomlinson and Antonio Gates. Like going back to then, this has been happening. Not, like They're in a different city. They have different coaches. They have entirely different players. And it still keeps happening. I don't know if it's just the guys who they attract. Like, I, I just, I can't fathom what it's like to be a Chargers fan going into today. And I'm a Raider fan. But this is, just on so many levels, such a wasted opportunity. We talked about last year, a wasted opportunity. You have one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Justin Herbert. If we are doing a fantasy draft for quarterbacks that we are starting a franchise with, Herbert at least is getting into, like... He's certainly a top 10 you start a franchise with. I think he's definitely a top five, and you can make an argument top three. I do not know what the Chargers are going to do. I mean, well, first, I, I think I know what the Chargers are going to do right now. Uh, there's a blender going off in the background, and it scared the hell out of me. For the Chargers, you have a, like I said, potential generational talent at quarterback. You have so many weapons on offense. You had one less because of the coach, and that's where I'm getting to here. This coach... I think at this point has cost them two of the great seasons of Justin Herbert. Um, and th this is, again, the value of coaching. I, I don't know. Like, I think great coaches make a difference. I think good coaches kind of make a difference. Average coaches just kind of keep things the same. But bad coaches can have a real impact on things. And I think Brandon Staley at this point is a bad coach. Um, I'm sure he's a lovely person. You love how aggressive he is on fourth down. But they have done absolutely nothing to unlock any great potential of Justin Herbert. Any development Justin Herbert has had has come because of Justin Herbert. Um, they have not put him in advantageous situations. Play calling, they have not put him in advantageous situations based on how they've deployed personnel. Week 18, Mike Williams playing. Um, and now you have a coach, again, with play calling. They could have just... To, to steal a basketball term, they could have just dribbled the air out of the basketball and or dribbled the air out of the ball, and that would have been that, and the Chargers would be playing in the divisional round. Instead, they have another colossal collapse, and maybe it's building up to want another great comeback, but it cannot be with this coach. To blow this game so dreadfully, and it goes back to last week, to have 
a key piece of your team go down with an injury, Mike Williams should have never seen the field in that game. I get like the rest over rust debate. Mike Williams has been banged up his entire NFL career of all the dudes that you're not going, of all the teams that should have been sitting guys, Justin Herbert could barely breathe on a Thursday nighter against the Kansas City Chiefs and ended up being injured for a couple of weeks. Mike Williams has been perpetually banged up. Keenan Allen, ditto. You have so many guys who have rather lengthy injury histories this season that you are rolling them out there in a week 18 game that meant literally nothing and it ends up costing you. Mike Williams, a couple of extra plays, this doesn't happen. A couple of better play calls, this doesn't happen. A couple of better play calls during the season, this matchup may not happen. Like the, the Chargers have just completely wasted two phenomenal years of Justin Herbert, and they cannot afford to waste another one. The The rumor now is Sean Payton, but there's some consideration that they're too cheap to, um, to, to fire Staley and bring in Sean Payton. Let me be abundantly clear here. You have a at least a quarterback, and I think a roster that is good enough to win a Super Bowl. And for two years, you've played one playoff game because of that coach. I don't like to just put it on one thing. I, I see no other reason for this team to be in the spot they're in than because of the coach of the LA Chargers, who the fact that he is, as I am talking, is still the coach, is baffling to me. And look, I don't call for anyone to be fired. I've been laid off before. It's not the best day. But at the same time, like, this is actively setting the franchise back. And so to that end, this needs to end. I, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted at how the Chargers have screwed up this amazing opportunity that they have. And scene. We go to Miami taking on the Buffalo Bills. And speaking of co poor coaching, look, the, the, the Dolphins were always the underdog. And it's, I think, good coaching from McDaniel that ended up getting this team motivated and prepared and ready and um, just absolutely ready to run through a brick wall for this coach to go into Buffalo and give the Bills that type of a scare. And it, those things are great, but the difference between winning and losing, especially this year in the NFL with so many teams so close, it's just those little those little decisions, those little bits of execution that the Dolphins screwed up on at every single turn. Um, you had Gesicki kind of short-arm a ball that was um, off-target. Or that, sorry, that was on target. That ends up being dropped. You have the so many times they are late coming out of the huddle to um, that you are forced to burn timeouts that really shortened the game, which is fine because the first half took two hours, but shortened the game by a couple of possessions. That final drive should not have been so desperate for the Miami Dolphins. That final situation should not have been that desperate. There should have been at least five more minutes left on the clock, but they had to burn through so many timeouts. And I think this is a smart coach outthinking himself, a, a smart coach who needed to get the perfect play and felt like he needed to maybe walk his player through that. Instead, you have to burn a number of timeouts. You put your team in a, a disadvantage, uh, disadvantageous situation, and it ends up, I think, costing you this game. They probably weren't going to win this game anyway. Um, I, I think you need a better execution from the quarterback position, but the coach did not put this team in the best situation to win. For the Buffalo Bills, it's just kind of survive in advance. Um, they look they, they looked shook at points in that third quarter, and then you get the interception that felt like a real turning point in that game. Um, uh, and that one, another poor coaching decision, where at that point, like I get, like you want to be aggressive, you're playing against the Buffalo Bills, you, you can't rely on the Bills to lose that game for you, you have to go out and take it. There are times 
times to be aggressive. Third and 19 backed up in your own end with a backup quarterback. Ain't it that that was like, I get like people criticizing Romo saying they have to be aggressive. They have to be aggressive. Oh, you have to run the ball here. There are times to be aggressive. It is not a blanket one all like just aggressive 100% meter. Let's go fourth and 18 from our own goal line going for it. We're aggressive. No, there's nuance to everything, which I get can be lost at times, but that was not the situation. And like with this team, with the speed they have with Waddle and Hill, just throw a little wide receiver screen and see what happens. To try to push the ball downfield like that, get the interception, and you could see a switch flipped. Like Josh Allen is like, no, okay, we got this. And he was a different quarterback the rest of the way. I I think this Bills team rides this momentum into that next game. It's going to be the Bills against the Cincinnati Bengals. That's going to be a hell of a football game this weekend. The Giants beat the Vikings 31-24. Um, Minnesota, you kind of felt like it was a house of cards all season long, and it comes crumbling down in the fourth quarter. It, I mean, there are a couple of plays, for sure. I think a real one early in that game, it was a third and one, and they do a double pass to Kirk Cousins, and it just, it didn't work at all. And sometimes those trick plays can be golden, but it's just, it's third and one and you have Dalvin Cook um, and you have Justin Jefferson. That is the thing. Like you have two guys who are amongst the elite at their position in Dalvin Cook and in Justin Jefferson. And there are times to just take what the defense gives you. And Kirk Cousins is great at that. KJ Osborne left open underneath. Fantastic. TJ Hawkinson, couple nice little slant passes. That is great. But in key moments, in these key games, you have to go to your best players. There are times to take what the defense gives you, and there is times to just take what you need to take. And in this case, it was take what you need to take. And third and one, doing a double back, uh, doing a, a pass to Justin Jefferson, one of the best receivers in the NFL, and then having him pass it back to Kirk Cousins, not the move. They end up getting stuffed. Giants get the ball back. They come down and score. Um, and then late in the game, third and eight, fourth and eight, with your season on the line, the passes go to KJ Osborne and TJ Hawkinson on a like three yard out. You can't rely on NFL players to miss tackles with your season on the line. That Those either had to go to Dalvin Cook or they had to go to Justin Jefferson. I do not care what the defense was doing. Third and eight, that ball is going to Justin Jefferson. I don't care if they got six guys on him. I'm thinking that guy can go up and make that play. You you just, you cannot, it is unfathomable to me that you would have two such electric players at your positions and not give them the ball with your season on the line. Season shouldn't have even been on the line. I thought the Minnesota defense was atrocious. This is the best game Daniel Jones has ever played. There is no question about it. And he has probably worked himself into another contract with the, the New York Giants. And I think at this point, Daniel Jones, we can say is, yeah, he's an all right quarterback. Um, there, like he, he made some very good plays in this game and the, the utilization of his running was impactful to say the least. However, that Vikings defense provided zero resistance in this game. They were atrocious. There was just, I don't know where they were covering because there was just giant pockets of the field that were wide open. It was a major problem for the Vikings this entire game. And again, it ends up costing them. That has to be something that gets addressed. And Kirk Cousins, this was another one that is going to sting that you could say this is a learning experience for the dude, but 
th- this this should have been learned by now. You you as a quarterback, you cannot be making these types of mistakes at this point in his career. Uh, lastly, the Bengals beat the the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of talk around the Lamar Jackson situation. I think that's going to be something for the Wednesday show because there's just so many layers into this one. The Bengals they go out and get the job done. Um, the the Ravens defense might be the best one that they are going to have to face in this postseason. That defense was so good all season long, and it's a a real big what if for Baltimore if Lamar Jackson stays healthy this entire season. But there's a lot of questions to be asked now about the Baltimore Ravens going forward. For the Bengals now, it sets up a marquee matchup against the Buffalo Bills, and I just, I can't wait. There isn't a whole lot to break down from this game. It was a grind. It was an AFC North game. Um, The Bengals come up with a big play on defense, and that is that. All right. Let's get into some UFC conversation. Um, As over the weekend is announced by the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Well, first, T-Mobile Arena posts on their video board March 4th. John Jones, Cyril gone for the UFC Heavyweight Championship. And everyone loses their minds because, uh, pardon? There's a number of things going on there. Um, First, let's start with Francis Ngannou, who uh, was the UFC Heavyweight Champion. That reign officially comes to an end yesterday as the company says that they're going to waive all rights to match any contracts. He is free to go out and negotiate whatever deal he wants. And this is mind-boggling to me. You have Francis Ngannou, who was a literal rags-to-riches story, came from literally nothing and worked his way into being the most dangerous man on the planet. A phenomenal story. Incredibly close with two of your most important champions. Uh, I guess now former champions in Kamaru Usman and Israel Adesanya. This is the type of marketing opportunity that companies dream of. And the UFC is just letting him get away because, heaven forbid, they pay one fighter what he's worth. Well, then we'll have to pay the rest of him what he's worth. Um, And how can we do that when we have to send Dana White on vacations to Mexico so he can go out and get a boatload of trouble? This is... The UFC, once again, thinking that the three letters, UFC, are so important that no one can be bigger than their brand. And Francis Ngannou was getting there, and they just, they, they're just they flexing. This makes no sense to me from a UFC standpoint. You can't, as an organization, now say, well, we have all the best fighters. Because you don't. The best heavyweight in the world just walked out of your door. And look, the UFC will be fine. Like, I'm not saying this is going to crumble the infrastructure that the UFC is. Again, they have built it up to a point where... Whoever their heavyweight champion is, they're going to be able to to market it. But it just sucks to have Francis Ngannou walk out that door. And it like, look, great for him. I hope he gets all of the money. Go fight Tyson Fury, make a hundred million dollars, and live happily ever after. Um, but for the UFC, the number one sports league in the the world, to let your heavyweight champion and this just again marketing monster. The guy looks like a superhero. He literally Pez dispensered one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. And again, came from like, this is such an inspirational story. There should be documentaries every day on UFC Fight Pass about the rise of Francis Ngannou. And instead now he's off to the PFL or Bellator because this company just refuses to pay fighters what they are worth. I don't get it. I don't, and for anyone saying that Francis Ngannou is ducking anyone, get the fuck out of here. There is not a chance. The man just wants to get paid what he is worth. Um, that this is a colossal ball drop from the, the UFC. And just another example of that this company 
having zero respect for any of the fighters that are under their banner, and now instead just thinking, yeah, whatever, whoever's the UFC heavyweight champion, we're, we're going to be able to market it. And the problem is, like, they're kind of right. The, the problem is, like, whoever they throw out there, there's going to be a certain section of the crowd that is just going to, ooh, UFC fight, let's go watch this. But from a, like, just looking at this business and looking at this sport, for this to happen is just mind-boggling. For the, the title fight itself, we're going to obviously get into this more as uh, next month goes on. John Jones taking on Cyril Gaon for the heavyweight championship. It's so intriguing. John Jones, the most talented fighter to ever step into the UFC's octagon. Due to different transgressions, I can't call him the greatest of all time, but um, he is the most talented fighter I have any seen in any world of fighting. And... Now he steps up into the heavyweight division against someone who is so technically sound and has such incredible technical prowess in Cyril Gaon. This is a dream matchup to be sure. And if it was a number one contender's bout, I'd be stoked. For the heavyweight title, you have a guy who, and look, I don't mind guys who were champion, uh, guys who are champions stepping into immediate title fights in other weight classes. Like you have won that championship, you kind of are able to step over the line. But John Jones has looked very underwhelming in his last number of fights. And now he steps into a heavyweight title fight against the guy who just lost to the previous heavyweight champion. It's a bit blah. Look, I'm I'm so excited for this fight. It's just the circumstances around it really are incredibly frustrating to me. I'm fascinated to see how this fight all plays out, but I just wish it was under much different circumstances. All right, time for us to take a brief pause. When we come back, it is time for today's ticket presented by Betstamp. Some of the music on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. Find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. Today's ticket, thanks to Betstamp. Download the Betstamp app, use the referral code COUCH to let them know that you heard of them from this show. And we're going to run through it here. You can see the value of the Betstamp app. You are able to track how you are doing. You are able to, the, the big thing about it is you're able to see, like right now I'm looking at every game that's happening in the NHL, NBA, and NFL today. If there were CFL games, I'd be able to see that. Baseball games, be able to see that. Um, and you can see what odds every different sports book is offering so you can get the best value and the best return on your investment. And if you want to see how you're doing, you can track your picks. Um, right now, all time, since we started using this app a couple of months ago, we're at a negative 1.6 return on investment. Um, the, the Buffalo Bills not being able to get the job done kind of hurts. And uh, Damon Jackson getting absolutely folded last week uh, or over the weekend didn't hurt me as much as it hurt him. But uh, look, we're, we're real close to getting back on track here. So let's try to get there with today's ticket. Download the BetStamp app and use referral code COUCH to let them know that we sent you. Looking at the NHL ticket, one of the things we are really going to try to take advantage of is bad teams. Um, I'm recording this podcast at 8.44 in the morning on Monday. So sending out an 11 o'clock game is a little bit tricky, but hopefully you're following me on the BetStamp app anyway. And that's the thing, you can follow a number of different experts. I would... Um, Hesitate to call myself an expert, but you can follow the picks on here if you need. Um, we are going with an 11 o'clock game. It is a holiday today in the States. We are going with the Boston Bruins against the Philadelphia Flyers, minus a goal and a half. The best number to get that at is at bet 365 at minus 115. 
real good matchup tonight with the Seattle Kraken taking on, uh, this one's at 2 o'clock Mountain Time, the Seattle Kraken taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't have a pick for that game, I just think it's a really good matchup. Another good one with Dallas taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, we are going to go with the Calgary Flames to beat the Nashville Predators. Bet Victor has the best number on that. We're just going to go straight up with uh, a, a win here. We're not going to mess around too, too much with anything that is going on with the, the minus one and a half. Uh, we already have a play in the football game. That was on today's ticket on Friday. It is the Dallas Cowboys. Um, we, we went Cowboys money line, so we are going to stick with that play. Um, scrolling on down here, not a lot of numbers that we love from the NBA tonight. Um, I'm going to go with... Golden State is a little bit tricky. Washington, I feel like they're kind of spiraling. That two and a half is interesting. I'm probably just going to leave that one alone. We're, you know what? It's a small ticket today. We already got a game for Monday, so we're just going to go with two games. We're, we're going to leave the NBA slate alone for today. Um, but this is, again, the, like you don't have to click on all of these. You can see, all right, you know what? None of these numbers are good for me today. Let's try it again tomorrow. But you can see all the best numbers with Betstamp, and we just kind of showed it to you here. Two games on the schedule or on today's ticket that we are going for. It is the Calgary Flames, minus 133 against the Nashville Predators, and the Boston Bruins, minus a goal and a half against the Philadelphia Flyers. Bruins, minus one and a half is Bet365, and Flames, minus 133 is from BetVictor. We will click track, and that is today's ticket. Presented by Betstamp. Download the app, use referral code COUCH, and use all the assets that they have to get the best return on your investment. That is today's ticket, and that's today's show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Shout out Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, the studio sponsor for Couch Potato Diary. Uh, they are the one-stop commercial residential cleaning company based out of Calgary with a fantastic team, right? To make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all your cleaning needs, check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. We will be back. It is Power Rankings Day on Wednesday. The NFL season is over, so we are going to get into NHL Power Rankings and discuss uh, all 32 teams in the NHL. Of course, we'll have today's ticket, and who knows what's going to come from the next couple of days in the world of sport. Uh, whatever it is, we are going to be here to discuss. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to y'all later. I'm out. <laughs>